Welcome to Bedtime Fairy Fails. I'm Kim. This story was made possible in part by the live play D&D podcast All D20. We'll tell you a little more about them after the show. This story comes from the Dungy Boys. This is a story about how one hero used his quick thinking and ingenuity to take down a whole pirate ship by himself. This is... As a Matter of Artifact. Once upon a time, a group of heroes were in a small ship heading towards the city of Kalimport. They were on a rescue mission to free some members of the party's tribe from the bonds of slavery. Slavery by demons, no less. This was a very serious mission. Our party consisted of a human cleric named H.K. Miatli, a human ranger named Gunner, Moro, the Shadar Kai rogue-slash-warlock, Shalandra, the elf druid, a half-orc warrior named Yogg, and finally, the man of the hour, a half-drow, half-copper dragon sorcerer named Velkin. Now, like I said... The party is headed towards Kalimport when they are suddenly set upon by two pirate ships. They split up and begin coming at the party's vessel from both sides and start bombarding the ship with their cannons. This was not good. You see, the party's ship had recently been through some bad weather and was already very damaged. They can't take very much cannon fire before they sink. So the group springs into action. We have to take the fight to them! Yells HK. Maybe we can capture one of their ships for ourselves! Everyone agrees, and all of them except Velkin uses the spell Fly, which is pretty self-explanatory, to take to the air and head towards the smaller of the two pirate ships. However, the pirates weren't going to just let them board their ship, so they're met with some heavy resistance. Gunner pulls out his longbow and yells... I'll give you some cover. You guys get on board. He then begins taking out the crew one by one with his arrows. Yogg takes this opportunity to land on the ship and start fighting some pirates. Meanwhile, Morrow uses his Shadow Step ability to sneak on deck unseen behind some of the crew members. He then begins quietly taking them down as well. HK and Shalindra continue fighting and looking for a way onto the ship while also keeping the attention of the ship's captain. Eventually, Yogg is knocked unconscious. But Yogg is special. So when he's knocked out, the shadow of an old god that lives inside of him awakens. He stands up and just begins wreaking havoc on everyone. Friend or foe, it didn't matter. Everyone was caught up in the devastation. The captain of the pirate ship decides this is a good time to abandon ship and flees for his life. It was only due to some quick thinking from HK that Yogg was subdued and the ship was won. Now, I know what you're thinking. Velkin wasn't even in that fight. How did he save the day? Well, while the rest of the party is fighting the smaller pirate ship, Velkin is still on board the hero ship and is getting fed up with the continued bombardment. 
So he decides to try and disable the bigger ship completely alone. First, he tries teleporting over and blasting holes in the hull of the ship, but he's repelled every time by a crafty pirate mage. Desperate to end the cannon fire and save his own life, Velkin comes up with a brilliant and risky plan. First, he casts greater invisibility on himself so he can move around unseen. Then, he uses his otherworldly wings ability to summon a translucent set of copper dragon wings so that he could fly. He then flies up over the center of the ship and takes out his secret weapon, a small carved artifact of Galder's Tower. Now, this artifact could summon a two- or three-story tower made of stone, a portable home, if you will. So Velkin speaks the magic words and drops the tower, shouting, There's no place like home! He watches as the tower falls, expanding bigger and bigger until a full-size stone tower crashes down through the middle of the large ship, splitting it completely in half and tossing the crew overboard into the ocean. Velkin quickly swoops down and grabs his tower before it sinks, then proceeds to take out the remaining pirates, like a total boss. Velkin then teleports back to his own ship and waits smugly for his party members to return. When they arrive, HK looks around for a moment before asking, Wait, where's the other ship? Velkin gives a huge grin and says, Oh, I took care of that myself. What? How? exclaims Shalandra in disbelief. Velkin goes on to tell his heroic story, making sure to give plenty of detail. So, with the pirates vanquished, the party continues on their way to Kalimport, with Velkin making sure to mention his solo accomplishment as often as possible. The end. This is another story from our favorite bartender. In this story, we'll hear a new tale about the idiot brothers Tomax and Zamat and how they deal with assassins. This is... Interrogate. Once upon a time, a small ragtag group of... hmm, let's call them acquaintances... were venturing through the wilderness on a quest to save a kingdom... The party consisted of the now infamous Dragonborn brothers, Tomax the Nameless and Zamat the Cruel, along with the elven princess Nail, whose real name no one even bothered with anymore, a tiefling rogue whom everyone just called Thiefling the Horny. (laughs) Because of all his horns... Come on, guys, don't make it weird. And finally, a tabaxi druid named Felina the Kitten Swarmer. Now, as our heroes are traveling through the woods, they're attacked by a single cloaked man who jumps out of a bush yelling, Death to the princess! Unsurprisingly, the fight didn't last that long as it was five on one. The surprising part is that Zamat didn't lightning breath him to death, and they captured him alive. After tying him up, Princess Nail says, He must be from the Order of the Grey Hand. They have been hunting me ever since I began this quest. Tomax stares down at the captive for a moment before saying, Wait, 
How can you tell? His hands aren't gray, they're lightish red at best. To which Zamat replies, Well, they're red now, coat and blood and all. During this time, Felina had been silently contemplating their situation and says, Guys, this has to be a trap. I mean, think about it. There's no way an entire order would send just one guy with a club to kill the princess. Princess Nail, whose middle name was NPC, says, Um, no. Pretty sure it's just this one guy. But it was no use. The party was already preparing for battle. Zamat readies his weapon as he says, The rabbit is right. There's bound to be more. I'm not a rabbit. Tabaxi are cats! Snaps Felina. Unfortunately, the cult that raised Tomax and Zamat, called the Cult of Gary, Praise Gary! Praise Gary! had never seen a cat. Thus, they had made up what a cat looks like while drunk. And Felina had no actual way of proving that cats are not, in fact, giant 15-foot-tall scaled beasts that shoot rainbows of death from their mouths. Fun fact, Tomax and Zamat are both terrified of rainbows. For reasons unknown. Praise Gary! Praise Gary! Praise Gary! Praise Gary! Okay, maybe the reasons are known. After a full hour of waiting for an attack that never comes, Princess Nail finally says, Look guys, I really think this is the only one. There isn't anyone else coming. Tomax scoffs and says, Who would send just one guy after two dragonborn, one horny rogue, a princess, and a rabbit? That just sounds like poor storytelling. It was at this moment that Tomax immediately shit himself, took 20 psychic damage, and was retitled to Tomax the Flaccid. Tomax didn't understand what had happened and never spoke of it to anyone. But just between me and you, it's never a good idea to accuse God of poor storytelling. Surprisingly, it was Zamat who became the voice of reason. So we need info on these people with gray hands. Let's just torture this guy until he spills the beans. You mean interrogate? Asks Felina. Oh yeah, sure. Terrogate. Says Zamat with a wink. Zamat and his brother then build a fire with a large spit to tie the assassin to. He then leans in and calmly asks, Who sent you? I'll never talk. Snaps the assassin. Zamat turns to the rest of the party just as calmly and says, Okay, well, I guess we're eating him now. What? Yeah, well, I mean, he's not talking and, and we're all hungry. No, wait, I'll talk. Oh. Zamat slaps his hand over the assassin's mouth and says, You see that? He just said something racist. He then leans down and whispers in the assassin's ear, Shut up. We were going to eat you either way. Have some dignity. He then gags the assassin, who at this point was just screaming in terror. Now, while everyone believes Zamat, no one in the party actually wants to eat a human. Not even Tomax, who meekly stated, Zamat, I don't want to do this. That's too far, even for us. Oh, come on, Tomax. We've eaten people before. You loved it. Actually, though, Tomax had never eaten a person. 
But Tomax is dumb, so he believed his brother and was officially all in. Even going so far as to rename himself... Tomax of the Human Barbecue! And thus, the party sits in horror as the two Dragonborn brothers cook and eat the assassin. Save for the thiefling who sneaks a piece of human when no one's looking. The Dragonborn brothers then dry out what's left, making assassin jerky. They continuously try to get the rest of the party to eat said jerky for the rest of their adventure, claiming it totally wasn't human jerky and that it raised HP. And it made you breathe rainbows. It did none of those things. The end. Thanks for listening. If you like D&D podcasts, which clearly you do, be sure to check out one of our favorites, All D20. You can find them on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or anywhere else you listen. To submit a fail, visit our website at bedtimefairyfails.com or message me on Instagram or Facebook. You can find me on Instagram and Facebook as Bedtime Fairy Fails. Are you ready to hear my story? My heroic story of how I defeated an entire ship by myself? Mmm, yes. Well, let me tell you the first thing I did. Became invisible. Yes, I'm a genius. I know. You wouldn't have thought of that? I did. Next thing I did, used otherworldly wings. I know. I know. Genius. Again, IQ. 200,000. Not even a thing. But me? Yep, they tested it. And then the next thing I did, brought up the artifact. Goldish Tower. Yep, Goldish Tower. I had it. You didn't, but I did. I thought ahead. I know, I know. And then I said the magic words, there's no place like home. And everybody was like, whoa! And I was like, yeah, I know, I said that, I know! And then I dropped the Goldish Tower on the ship. And it was like, it was like, and everybody was like, whoa! Oh man, because I was a boss. And then I teleported back, and everybody's like, oh man, you're the greatest, whoa! Yup, everything. That's what happened.